Hello and welcome to the Evolution Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Ferraro. Here's my co-host, Dave Sanders. Uh, it's going to be all NBA all day today. Uh, we're kind of going to hit the, the highlights here with the finals, kind of talk about Kawhi, uh, Durant, Clay, uh, the big Anthony Davis news, and then uh, that's probably going to be about it for us. Um, let's just kind of go straight from the top. Dave, first impressions, NBA finals, 2018-2019 uh, season. Go. Biggest takeaway is that I'm happy for Toronto, happy for the fans, happy that that trade worked out. So many of those deals, it seems like, often don't pay off, and if they do pay off, it's way down the road. Um, but let's first get into Kawhi. That was one hell of a run. Um, you want to go through some of the numbers that we have here on him because they're just incredible. Yeah, um, let's kind of go, if you kind of take it overall, he averaged 30, 30 and a half points per game in the NBA playoffs. Um, actually, I hate to say he had it down finals, but his finals were down, and he averaged 28 and a half, but 10 and 4. Um, yep. if you kind of kind of look, that's kind of what his, his thing was about 30, 10, and 4, which is quite remarkable. Yeah, every series, um, when he was the focus for, you know, opposing defenses, he really just kept continuing to carry them, um, especially in that Bucks series where he shut down Giannis as well as, you know, averaging 30, 10, and 4, like you said. Um, incredible, incredible run, especially capped off by that, you know, game-winning uh, game seven shot against the Sixers where it had four bounces. Just like an historic run that we probably haven't seen since maybe LeBron against Boston years ago. I can't really remember the last time we've had a you know a player take over four series like this. I th- and to remarkably little fanfare, um, I think the thing that I yeah. think gets everybody with Kawhi is you don't realize how good he is. Um, I'll be honest with you, I'm pretty guilty of it. I knew he was good. Um, like I, you know, he, I knew he's an upper echelon player, but. I didn't realize quite how good he was because he doesn't do a whole lot of media appearances. He doesn't do a lot of talking. So he's not a kind of an outgoing player. He's a real introvert. So uh, this was kind of a real big eye-opening for me when it came to Kawhi. Yeah, I mean, it was interesting to see how different teams prepared for him. His style and his physicality just wore teams down. Um, and he's just a difficult player to even game plan for because he doesn't have the athleticism that jumps off the page like some others but he just wears you down and bullies through you. Um, it's almost like an old-school style with that jumper that's improved so much since his first year. Um, speaking of the jumper, four, 62% true shooting percentage, which is incredible. Um, having that high of a percentage and averaging 30 points a game in the playoffs has only ever been done a couple times. So Adrian Dantley in 84, Bernard King in 84, Alex English in 85, MJ, Shaq, and LeBron three times. So to me, that says, wow, this, we saw, you know, one hell of a run. And I didn't realize LeBron's done that three times, too, when MJ's only done that once. So that kind of backs up. We don't have LeBron in this playoffs, but, man, he's been pretty damn good, too. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's there's really no doubt in LeBron as, you know, you can argue whether he's the best player of all time or not. That's, you know, everybody's going to give you something different. Um, I think it just kind of shows you, especially in a couple of those, like 09, LeBron carrying the team. Uh, but really kind of what he's been able to do. Um, I think the thing I'll definitely take away from Kawhi's run has to be the shot um, against Philadelphia. Game seven, clock's running out. He's a buzzer beater. He's scored 39 at that point. 12, what felt like 15, 20 bounces off the rim that shouldn't have went in anywhere. And the next thing you know, it, it dribbles in. And huge disappointment for me. But, hey, that's going to be a great iconic shot that's going to be played on commercials and make somebody a whole lot of money. Yeah, the physics on that shot was wild, too. Like, the straight-on camera at the hoop just to see it bounce on the front of the rim twice and then go over to the back of the rim. 
Um, just impossible to recreate, probably not a very high percentage shot at all, but something that, you know, catapulted him, you know, on to the next series. And then from there, he just kept it going. Um, so just a truly incredible run by him. He did have some help from some teammates. Ibaka really stepped up late in the season. Um, Fred Flynn Fleek, so he was awful early on. I was looking back at the stats, and against Philly, he shot 13%, averaging like two points a game. That really picked up in the in the final two series where against Milwaukee, averaged 2.7 threes per game at 62%. That's wild. And then against Golden State, averaged 2.7 threes again and had five threes in the clinching game six. Um, I did not see that coming. I was starting to think he was way overrated, and boy, was I wrong. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, we're both Sixers fans, so you kind of see where he was just god awful in that series. Um, so it's nice to kind of see him kind of rebound and kind of really come back through and, and play better. Um, but, I mean, you kind of look at what that, just to kind of wrap Kawhi and, and the Raptors there, it's not like they played a bunch of bad teams. Um, this isn't. Like I said, the East is not the JV teams anymore. Um, he they went through Orlando, which was eh, they're okay. Um, but you figure he went through the Sixers, who's arguably top five, top six team in the NBA at this point. The Bucks, who were one seed, if I remember right. Yeah, yeah, one seed have you know the Greek freak, and then obviously the dynasty of Golden State. So it's not like they you know lucked into a finals and and played somebody that shouldn't have been there. Exactly. And I don't think this finals, you know, championship should be tainted at all for not having Durant. Uh, if you consider that that Golden State team with Durant may be the best team of all time, they still beat a very worthy champion with Curry there, um, Draymond, Clay for most of the series. So I don't think yeah. this is tainted by any means. It's definitely nah, very valid. Uh, 100%. You can't really taint by who was there, who wasn't. I mean, you play who's on on court. Um like I said, would it have been different if Durant was healthy through the entire series? Yeah, probably. Um, there's no saying that they still wouldn't have gone six or seven and the Raptors could have won a few of those games. Um, just makes it a little bit different. But speaking of Durant, um, gave that Warrior performance, suited up game five, backs were against the wall, they needed him. Uh, then you see him limp off the floor. What were your thoughts when you saw you know, him get into the locker room? Yeah, um, watching live, I was devastated for him. I mean, he worked so hard to come back. Um, backs against the wall, as you said. He seemed really ready to go. Made those three threes early, and you thought, man, he's going to come right back and just be himself. And, uh, you know, with one move, you saw the, especially if you saw the slow motion video, um, the calf moved, and it looks like the Achilles tore, and it's just really unfortunate because that's the one injury that's just the hardest to come back from. I'm not worried about ACLs anymore or any of that stuff, but this seems to really put a damper on uh, his outlook going forward. Yeah, so I guess we can kind of go from there. Like I said, yeah, if you saw the slow-mo, you can see where Achilles pops because his leg just shudders, and that's never a good sign. Um, so let's kind of let's, let's play a game. If you were Kevin Durant right now, would you opt back in since you and do your rehab in Golden State on Golden State's dime and then figure out what you want to do next year? I think a lot of this has to do with what he wanted to do anyway, if he was planning on leaving or not. If he wanted to stay in Golden State, I would consider that and then possibly look at like a five-year deal with Golden State for the full max after that. Um, but if I were him, I would probably opt out and get whatever four-year deal you can get. So if Golden State was going to offer the five, take that. Or if the Knicks or Nets, I don't think those teams go away now because of this. I still think those offers are out there, so I would probably opt out myself. How about you? Um, like I said, I mean, I think you're right where it says on what would you 
if you already had an idea um, and he can act like, oh, I'm just here to play basketball, he pretty much already knew. Um, the injury might change his outlook a little bit from a, you know, kind of a feeling standpoint. He, I don't know if there's any where he feels like he's going to blame Golden State for getting hurt or any of that. Um, right. If I'm him, I'm opting out anyway because you're just going to ink a new deal. You figure he's 30, won't play. He turns 31 in September. You're probably really not playing again until he's 32. So he's got probably this might be his last max deal, maybe one more. So, if God, I mean, I'm opting out, and then I'll see what my options are because somebody's going to pay me a hell of a lot of money to not do anything next year but rehab. And you should be able to have some of those conversations, um, you know, through agents before he has to make that decision. So hopefully he can do that. You brought up a really qu- good question before we jumped on here is that if you are one of these teams pursuing him, say you're the Nets, the Knicks, uh, really anybody with a max slot open, would you give him a two-year deal with a third-year player option knowing that year one you're not going to get anything? What are your thoughts on that? I mean, he's Kevin Durant. He's probably the probably top five best basketball players on the face of the planet right now. Um it all depends on where you are. It, I hate to kind of caveat my answer because I, I automatically because think of you know if I'm Milton Brand in the Sixers and Kevin Durant comes to me and says, "Hey man, I want to do a you know two year two plus one with you." Ooh, I don't know if I could tell him no, but with an Achilles injury, I know he'll be good when he comes back, but I don't know how good. So I I would probably say I don't necessarily want him Achilles scare the hell out of me just because odds are he's going to have a soft tissue injury something else is going to happen um if you look at boogie he came back and then like three games later tore his quad so you on the same leg so you usually have a soft tissue injury that's going to take you out again so am i going to pay a ton of money for nothing first year get one year where i might i might get 28 minutes a game not playing back to backs you figure it's 82-game season. Let's just say you're going to get 50 games out of Durant at 28 minutes. Is that worth it? Right, because in that situation, if he if he is looking pretty good, you'd assume that he opts out. And then you have to you know resell him on your city after that second year. Yep. Or if he's looking bad, you're cutting your losses because you save a year, but you're still paying him a ton of money. So I guess it's, you know, do you just say suck it up and take a four-year and maybe you get a decent, you know, like you said before when we were doing our pre-work for this, the 70% of Durant's still pretty good. So, you know, do you just take it take a four-year or do you think? I think it's an easier decision for, sorry to cut you off, I think it's an easier decision for the Knicks, the Nets, these teams that could strike out entirely. You can't walk away from an option. There's just thinking a chance at getting Durant in your city, I don't think if you're one of them. Whereas if you're a contender right now, I think it's a lot harder to basically say, I give up a year of Embiid and Simmons to, you know, really contending to do this. Yeah, it's all about where your window is. Like, if, if your window's open and, you, and like I said, what's well, kind of, you and I are both Sixers fans, so this is the easiest one for us. If, you know, if I've got Simmons, Embiid already under contract and I'm looking, okay, hey, I can bring back, say, Tobias and Durant, but I'm not going to get anything in a Durant. So now everybody's a year older. Now more contracts start coming up. What do I do? You know, it gets a lot harder. Like you said, if you're in the Knicks, Nets, pretty much anybody's got a max slot that's just frankly bad. 
who cares? It's just another year down the drain. You can stack up some more picks, kind of line it up for the next set of free agents and figure out where you want to go from there. So it's a tough call. Yeah, we've seen a lot of superstars pursue these one-on-one deals like Durant's on right now. I know LeBron did a lot of those in Cleveland. Um, and some other star players have done that to give them the ultimate flexibility because they know that barring almost any injury, Achilles is the one that we're really you know looking at here that is the worst. But usually with ACL tears and everything, it doesn't really hurt your earning potential down the road. Do you think this changes? That more players start looking for longer-term deals, kind of like LeBron took with the Lakers? Um, I think it just kind of depends on where you are as in your prime, those kind of deals. LeBron's basically, let's be honest, he's going to be sunsetting in his career here. He's still got some years left, but the 2019 LeBron's not as good as the 2012 LeBron. It just is what it is. Father time wins every time. Um, I think it all, a lot of these guys did it based on the TV money inflowing. So um, depends on kind of what you they expect the caps to be. Why lock yourself into a four-year max at 150 where you could wait a year and a half or two, wait two years and then the four-year max is, is 220. So it just kind of depends on where you are. I have zero issue with the shorter-term deal. kind of gives them a little more intrigue. So I like them. Yeah, I don't mind them either. I guess the other big injury was Clay Thompson, game six. Um, it's crazy to have two major injuries, you know, affect two team, affect the team's um, star players in back-to-back games like that. What do you think about the Clay injury? How do you think it affects his free agency? Uh, I don't think it really affects his free agency at all. I think Clay was going to do what Clay was going to do. You figure you're probably not going to get, you're going to at least miss half a year. He probably doesn't come back till if you're lucky, February. Um, yeah, it's already June now. Uh, February, March, probably, maybe a little less than that. I, like I said, I, if I fell back because it wasn't a he didn't get his legs taken out from under him. He just kind of went up, made his layup, and then came down just a little bit awkward. So it was terrible to see. Um, I don't think it changes his free agency at all. I think he stays in Golden State anyway. What about you? Yeah, yeah, I think he stays in Golden State. I think five years, 190 to give him the max. Um, only 29 right now. Um, really not showing any signs of slowing down. And these injuries have been you know, rehabbed pretty well in the past where I don't think we're going to see a drop-off with him. No, no, I don't think so either. Like I said, you might maybe a couple years down the road he slows down a little bit, just just a smidge. But I think he really saw how good he was. Um, he didn't have Durant overshadow him. Um, like I said, Curry does pretty well. But you kind of really saw. I don't want to say you saw Clay coming out party, but you realize quite how quite good that quite how quite how good. Well, I can't talk right now, but how good he really was uh, for them. So you got to forgive me. I've got a newborn at the house and I haven't slept much. So. Yeah, he's been a bit overshadowed there. I mean, it's hard to have three or four guys who can get 20, 25 a night. Um, but his work off the ball, his clutch threes, he's he's an incredible player. I'm still looking forward to the rest of his career. Oh, yeah. Well, like I said, like I said it's, it's going to be fun. So um, I guess the big news, because we are recording here right now, that just dropped while we were getting ready to hop on is Anthony Davis has been traded. So... Let's kind of pull that up and let's take a quick look so we can kind of recap what it is. So if you have not heard, Anthony Davis is now part of the Los Angeles Lakers. He has joined LeBron. And coming back to the Pelicans was Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, Josh Hart, and three first-round picks, including the number four overall this year. Pretty solid haul. What are your thoughts initially on the trade, Dave? Yeah, good haul. I'm kind of glad that it's already happened before free agency. Uh, I think that makes sense. We've been talking 
so much about Anthony Davis for the last like year or two, it feels like. Um, it got pretty close around the deadline with the Lakers, and it seemed always pretty inevitable that he was going to go there. Uh, interested to see the LeBron and Anthony Davis pairing. I mean, they still need to have one more guy, but keeping Kuzma in this deal I think is really big. Um, I don't think it's going to be talked about too, too much because they did give up Lonzo Ingram two high picks um, and then the number four pick this year and some future picks. But keeping Kuzma is actually a pretty good um, you know, piece to have with maybe another star that they bring in too. Yeah, and we don't know quite what the protections are on the picks yet. Like I said, this literally just dropped about half an hour, 40 minutes ago. Um, based on Ramona Shelburne's reporting is the Pelicans don't want the Lakers' first-round pick for next year, so the 2020. Um, but through pick swaps, they essentially have control of the Lakers' first-round pick in some shape or form for the next seven years. So a uh, great move by them to, for the Pelicans to have that flexibility been in there um and Woes just dropped the bomb of teams are already expressing in significant interest in the number four overall pick so i think this is not done um i know lonzo did not want to go to new orleans so he could probably get packaged with four for something else so this is going to be real curious to see how this shakes up at the by the end of the uh end of the early summer i guess what are your thoughts dave yeah yeah drafts five days away I know I'm pumped about that myself. It's one of my favorite days of the year. Um, and now we have a lot more moving and shaking up top if they want to add, you know, somebody else at four, if they're pretty comfortable. Um, you know, with Drew Holiday, a point guard, I think he's signed for two or three more years. So the directions they can go, I mean, it seems like they can go a lot of different directions here. Um, but as you mentioned, Griff did a good job for the Pelicans to get this kind of a return back. The Lakers moving up in the lottery really helped, I think, the package um, to get a high potential pick or at least a big-time asset along with, I guess underachieving Lonzo Ball and Ingram. Um, considering the circumstances, these deals never work out as you know superstar for superstar, and you never get fair value. But they got a lot of interesting pieces, at least. Yeah, um, it's going to be tough to judge this trade for quite a while to kind of see where those picks end up. Um, so it's going to be a bit tough. I think the young guys in LA got a bad rap because you know LeBron comes, he brings his own people. Now you've got to learn to play with him, and next thing you know, LeBron wants to trade all of you. Um, and was quite vocal about wanting to trade all of you. So from a young guy standpoint, I can understand, hey, I, it's a great opportunity to play with LeBron, but he's just going to kick us out and bring Rondo in anyway. So, you know, hey, it's a fresh start for them, kind of really good to see something good. So you figure if you're looking, if they kept everybody as it is now, you know, it's Zion, Ingram, Drew, Ball, the number four pick. So it, it's not a bad turnaround for the for the Pelicans there. No. It's actually a pretty good uh, young core. Um, and just closing out on the Lakers, it looks like they still have about $30 million in cap space to spend on free agents this summer. Um, I, just, I hope they do a better job of surrounding LeBron with talent. I think some of that is LeBron's influence on free agency and that it seems like he hasn't recognized that he needs to be surrounded by shooters. Um, so I hope they really surround him and Davis with guys who can help them you know, create space for them. So I'm going to be pretty fascinated to see how they build out a team considering they only have like three players right now. Yeah, the, uh, the big thing's going to be, can we, I don't want to say keep LeBron out of the front office, but really stress to LeBron of, hey, you need to let us put you some shooters around you. Bringing in a bunch of old washed-up guys is not going to help them because then it's going to be LeBron and Anthony Davis, and they're going to know what's wrong with Anthony Davis because, you know, somewhere along the line would be his fault. Um, so it's going to be right. quite interesting to see how this all shakes out. Like you said, drafts here in about five days. Um, so... 
once that kind of settles through, we'll give you guys probably uh, you know draft recap um, and kind of our looks into free agency. So it should be a fun, exciting time for the NBA. Um, I know season gets wraps up and then they immediately get to the draft, so it's all NBA all the time. Uh, but that's probably about going to do us. Uh, do you have any final thoughts there, Dave? No, just really looking forward to the draft, as I said. Um, Thursday yeah. night, we'll do definitely a post-draft pod. Um, I bet there's going to be a lot more movement, and we're going to be getting closer to the July free agency, which is probably the most anticipated July since LeBron was a free agent. Even still with the Durant injury, we've got Durant, um, Kyrie, Jimmy Butler, Tobias, a ton of different guys. Um, yeah. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, Clay, Kawhi, there's a lot of names out Kawhi. there, a lot of moves. Can't forget Kawhi. Like I said, he's just quiet up in Toronto. He's you know hanging out near north of the wall there, um, just being Kawhi. <laughs> um, but you can find me at Drew Ferraro eighty eight. You can find the pod at Evo Sports Pod on Twitter. Dave, where can they find you? D Sanders eight seven seven. Awesome. So look for us. Uh, make sure you follow us. Uh, we'll give you a follow back. Uh, but do comment, like, rate, subscribe. Tell your friends about it. Um, we're getting settled into getting about you know pretty much weekly content out to you guys. Like I said, we're gonna kind of stay away from the fantasy game a bit just to keep it you know more sports. Uh, we've got some good technology things coming up too. We're excited to share with you guys, but uh, we don't want to spoil too much. Again, thank you for listening. Make sure you like, rate, and subscribe, and we'll catch you guys on the next one. Mm-hmm.